Chapter 1 Not Garfield, Fiona Fitzgerald whispered, looking over Monty Papa's thick shoulder as they scrutinized the seating list. A sweet-faced young woman with a toothpaste sincere smile, suitably festooned in the costume of a colonial dame, had handed them the list. PepsiCo had pulled out all stops for this annual bash, a celebration and ingratiation for the benefit of Congress and the diplomatic corps. It was a high-profile wing-ding, a not-so-subtle thank-you for helping, or at least not interfering, with the spreading of international cheer of feel-good belly wash. Fiona Fitzgerald, influenced by Monty Papa's public relations-type cynicism and her own extensive Washington, D.C. experience, did not wish to think such spoiling thoughts as not Garfield. But how could she avoid it? PepsiCo had also rented out the hallowed plantation of George Washington's Mount Vernon and put up a giant tent on a lawn adjacent to the main house. It held more than 350 people and included a five-course gourmet supper served by an army of white-gloved waiters. The tables were set with gleaming china and topped with elaborate floral centerpieces. Each table was designated by a president, their name written in impeccable calligraphy on whiteboard. For whatever reason, although Fiona knew that such things were carefully orchestrated, they had drawn President Garfield's table. There was a ten-piece band, a dance floor in the tent's center, and a large area set aside for the cocktail hour, a set piece of Washington devoted to the usual networking, influence hustling, and double-cheeking. Some would surely think it defamatory for this national shrine to be invaded by the belly washers and their freeloading minions. But this, as Pappas had pointed out so during the horse-drawn carriage ride from the Potomac River to the tent, was the age of corporate culture. And thus the bash was an exercise in one-upmanship, and so any thought of defamation was generally lost in the mix. But hell, it had been a slave plantation in old George's day, so what was wrong with a bit of vulgar fun? They had glided into the Potomac River dock on charter boats, which were then moored on Main Street, which was closer to Capitol Hill. They had taken the slow ride a few miles downriver while a band played festive music and the bartenders merrily poured champagne. The April air was damp with the gamey odor of the awakening earth, and there was more than a hint of an oncoming spring rain. For Fiona, a senator's daughter weaned on the heady yet subtle sweetness of Washington, D.C. milk. The event went beyond the usual fanfare and no amount of cynicism could dampen the sheer wonder and chutzpah of the annual party. The rooms of the Mount Vernon mansion, with the exception of the entry foyer, were verboten to partygoers, and so an impressive multitude of gleaming white porta-potties were arranged in a picket line adjacent to the main big top. It struck Fiona that in-house johns were not a feature in George Washington's day, and the mansion was historically accurate. There were moments and this was one of them, when she felt somewhat superior to the situation, a trifle more all-knowing and cynically cocksure. Monty Papas, a gun for hire on any political campaign that could pay his price, wasn't shy about catering to Fiona's attitude. He had, after all, adopted superiority and cynicism as his everyday business pose. Fiona had already penetrated that part of Papas and seen his vulnerable sweetness under the facade which titillated her less platonic instincts. So ask me, 
he had challenged her as they stood on the charter boat watching Washington twinkle past. Why do they come here? Papa's had been invited, and Fiona was only his and guest, so he was entitled to her answer. Influence, she said. And ego, he instructed. Never forget ego. For one shining moment, the chairman gets to beat his breast in front of the power elite. The message is, look at all my marbles, people. See them. Count them. Respect them. I'll throw some in your game if you are nice, and if you take them, by God, you better be nice to me. So what else is new? She replied. Who's talking new? It's always been this way, Papa said, his arm enveloping her, squeezing her shoulder lightly. She could feel his breath as he bent over to kiss her ear. Of course he was being seductive. This was, after all, their second official date.